Hey, welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Matterall. This is the Christmas show, uh, and so we're here in our best Christmas attire to help end the year with uh, on a happy note. And for those that don't follow Christmas, this is the holiday party. So we're here, we're going to have a casual show, sit back and talk some Eve, talk some Talking in Stations for the last year, and basically invite the audience to come in and say hi. A lot of the patrons will come by and some former guests uh, throughout the year, and we'll see uh, how it goes, see what kind of train wreck we can get into. Oof, that's actually bad timing for that. that, That's too soon, right? So welcome. Uh, Let's actually, uh, we're going to not have introductions past this first part, but the first person I would like to um, point to is joining us uh, for the first time in voice is uh, McLeod who is actually the producer, pushes all the buttons, uh, gets us started on time. You can hear him in the pre-show setting things up. Essential member of Talking in Stations and doesn't often get put up in front, but we're doing that this time around to thank him for all his work throughout the year. So, McLeod, welcome. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Who are you? Well, you don't know. where you're from. (laughs) (laughs) I know. uh, (laughs) He sits you in the control room, tells you to shut up and never asks you questions. (laughs) Who's this guy? This, this this guy has some serious authority. I best just shut up and do what he says. <laughs> well, tell us where you're from in the game and stuff. So um, I've been playing for a fair amount, a fair long period of time, actually, like uh, probably about ten years, maybe somewhere like that. I don't know. Um, I've been in. I've been pretty much in all corners of the political kind of sphere of eve i've been on the you know i've been on the i've been on the gurgoon side i've been on the goon side i've been on the like you know i don't want to be a part of this so we're just going to be a third party sort of thing kind of thing i've done my i've done you know a little bit of mining i've done all sorts of stuff but essentially like um uh, i'm a i'm i used to be in northern coalition then I was uh, like not northern, not northern coalition as in like Madrill's northern coalition, but the old school northern coalition. Uh. And then I was part of a. Then I was uh, part of Brick Squad, and then I was part of Red Alliance. You know, so I've been here, there, and everywhere, and like I've sort of found my feet with a really awesome bunch of people uh, from the graduates. That's there a, uh, a very long-standing uh, I, I, I corporation. Yeah, they're they're a really good bunch of people, man. They're a really really solid bunch of people. They're, you know, I mean, I, it's it's not one of those groups that like, you know, is completely crazy and have like ridiculously insane characters and stuff. But like, they have like, they they're really good people. Like, they are they're the people who, like, when you, you know, when you want to actually have a chilled out kind of like, you know, when you want to have a a good chilled out kind of experience eve experience and like you need either some guidance some information some tutoring or just like just general kind of knowledge about the game they're really really good at that and um right. recently we're now, now, now you know why we keep them in back <laughs> yeah yeah i can just waffle on about bullshit no listen we'll come back to this but before we get too far into it i want to uh bring in carneros hello carneros good morning Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Love that. Uh, and Tiberius Thank is you. with us. Hey. Merry Christmas to all those celebrating Christmas. Oh, Your alter ego from England. <laughs> I, uh. I stepped all over you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So bad. 
I think I might have to go and get my uh, Christmas jumper, seeing how Christmassy everybody's looking at the moment. Especially Carneris in his fetching hat. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, right? Thank you. It's half, it's half uh, Christmas, half Karmica. Rebel in blue. Uh, we have a, a load of guests, and we're going to have people uh, and invite people to come by. We'll drop them into on air, and they can say hi in a few words, and we'll rotate people in and out and stuff. So, uh, before we get uh, too far into it, I want to introduce the initial guests that are here, and that would be uh, well, these are not guests; these guys are regulars and stuff like that. So, we'll start with Noisy Gamer. Hello, everybody. Uh, we have Jeronica from Eve Mogul. Hey, guys. Dunk Dinkle from Brave. Hello, all. And Borghost Isu, I believe, from Providence. Used to be Providence, but we moved into Legacy. And hello, all. Oh, you're in Legacy. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. We'll, we'll cover that. Okay, back to McLeod. Oh, no, you don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as you were <laughs> saying... Uh, uh, by the way, you're going to have a test today because uh, as... As people come in with their voices, some are quiet and some are loud, so you'll need to moderate that, right? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of micromanaging, never hurt anybody. No, 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 you're right, you're right. And I didn't mean it that way. I meant I'll need to do the same thing. I was think, I think I was talking out loud. But <laughs> uh, finish your introduction. Oh, no, no, I was just saying that, uh, you know, we've, we, um, like, uh, the graduates as a corp kind of... Uh, has bounced around a couple of times. We've we've even made our own alliance. We were probably one of the few people who ended up creating an alliance um, and becoming uh, a part of Imperium as a brand new alliance straight away. That's so really hard. It's one to of the few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, as much as that, uh, as much as that project um, was doing really, really well, the environment at which it was born into was not doing too well because that's that was the time when we were basically seeding a bunch of uh, uh a bunch of territory in the south and uh eventually we had to uh kind of break that away uh, and merge into another alliance and so we merged into uh what was then god um oh no what um can't remember the alliance name because I'm that bad. I'm terrible. But we've we, we ended up basically finding a new home with some really really awesome people in initiative. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And yeah, they what are I remember epic. about you guys, uh, the graduates, was um, Eve Uni was in a war. They were constantly getting war decked because you know they everybody picks on the little guy, and <laughs> it was. It was the grads, uh, I think, that were in Morsus Mihi at the time that came and wiped out a couple of capital ships for Ebuni. It's like a big brother. Well, yeah. uh, the graduates, the graduates, way back when I started, uh, I I started even two thousand nine, joined Eve University right away, and it was, and we heard the stories about the graduates because they're called the graduates because they graduated from Eve University, and they were one of the. Uh, corporations or alliances that we were told yeah you know if, if you if you're looking to go on then that's one of the places you might want to look well they're a spin-off of uni are they not that's what i always heard yeah, um, I, yeah essentially what, what, what happened was basically the graduates were forged out of uh, a bunch of uh e universe uh e uni um lecturers 
that uh, decided that they that they wanted to have a slice of the Nullsec action because EUni pretty much kind of said like considering what they do and you know the people who join EUni like it's not really that fair to throw them straight into Nullsec straight away they had to kind of get get their feet wet with you know low sec as it were and get their feet wet with the you know the the mechanics of the game and this that and the other before jumping into that kind of you know that level of the gameplay so um, essentially there were a few EUni lecturers who basically said well let's just make a new corporation uh, and go out in Nolsec and so they did holy shit Dunk Dinkle do you speak Russian see some Cyrillic going no, on there no I, I know one r word in Russian that's Kukuruza and the rest of it uh, I just use Google Translate <laughs> is well, it impolite to ask what it might be <laughs> Kukuruza means corn. That's it. Well, McLeod, let me finish welcoming you to the uh, the stage, as it's as it were. Uh, you actually did the after show for us because you're such a calm and relaxed dude uh, that it was like a natural fit to have a cool down show after uh, talking in stations. We did a few of those, kind of opened it up to everybody, saying uh, if you just wanted to come in and talk, we'd run the show, and uh, that was a way of. Um, letting people have um, connection and participation uh, on air and stuff. And so you ran that. What was that like? I quite liked that. Um, I mean, when we kind of refactored the show a little bit, it was sort of like looking at it and it was like, ah, it's sort of superfluous. But like, you know, of the, um, of the few that I did, I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. All right, so uh, the topics today are all over the place. We have a few, believe it or not. But uh, one of the things I want to do is just give you guys a chance to talk about something that happened this year that uh, uh, may be affiliated with TIS, maybe not. It doesn't really have to be. But uh, one, of your, one of your highlights and one of your lowlights this year. Go ahead, anyone. Yeah, my lowlights were losing two Rokos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Dirk, Dirk McGurk. Just showed up. Uh, Dirk, are you there? Merry Christmas, everybody. Yay! You're not on Yay. camera, but you're here. Good. You'll be popping in and out, right? Uh, yeah. I'm kind of like uh, cooking. Like I've got like French onion soup that just started, and then I got like some other stuff that's going on. But like, yeah, oh, like, man. Christmas food pre-prep day, you know? It's like... French onion soup. Oh, I haven't had that for years. Well, anyway, back to Tiberius, who was just explaining how he lost two... Uh, what were they? Rokos. Yeah. Like, I think that was the single handedly the biggest loss. I still feel the pain now, man. Still feel the pain. Yeah. You got, like, what was your reaction to it? What did you do afterwards? Uh, I think I went AFK for about two weeks. <laughs> I, had a, I had a proper sulk about it as well, like, for a while. <laughs> I had to chase you down. Like, I was like, oh, no, don't quit. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was honestly thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, Inner Hell doing what Inner Hell does, um, had a wormhole open up next door, didn't get reported. Like, literally, as soon as it, somebody reported that somebody had appeared in local, they were in the system, and they were on top of them and brought in 70 Proteuses. And when they knew the response fleet was like, literally, yeah, we, we ain't going to fight that. So, um, <laughs> GG, friends, sorry. Oh, <laughs> and that was stupid. the end of that. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, when when you see inner hell come through a wormhole um, anywhere in Nullsec and you're in anything slightly shiny, uh, it is a bit of a squeaky bum time moment. <laughs> squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I just got that. What uh, uh, who was it that killed you, by the way? In the hell. Who? Uh, they're like in the hell. They're like a wormhole group, and they basically spend their entire time um, rage rolling wormholes and dropping out into nullsec and killing rockles. That is literally what they do, and they're very good at it. They are, and they don't care which faction. They they just care how many like fat PVE targets are sitting in the system, probably not paying enough attention. Was were were those the uh, Russians that were? Uh... Uh, really active uh, when uh, the rock roll changes were first made to buff them up so, so much? I don't know about that, but they are, like, you go and look at In the Hell's Kill Board, and it is literally rock roll, rock roll, rock roll, super carrier, rock roll, rock roll, carrier, rock roll, rock roll. 70 Proteus, man, that's that's no joke for a wormhole corp. Mm, like, uh, local spiked up, I think that was just about the mass limit that a wormhole can take. Um, I never, I never really realized this um, until I sat down with a, a good friend of mine by the name of Ithaca Hawk. He does a lot of stuff over at EVENT as well. And he's a big wormholder. And I, I sat with him and started talking some wormhole mechanics because wormhole mechanics are all very weird and strange sort of part of the game to me that I know very little about. And he was essentially explaining that Whenever these guys do fleets, wormholers do fleets, they are constantly in their head running the math on whether or not what they have will exceed a hole and how often they can jump back and forth through it. And just the extra level of calculation and strategy they need to put into their gameplay was just something else entirely. <laughs> right. All right. So just to be clear to everybody in the channel and uh, out in the audience, this is not going to be a usual show. It's going to be super casual. I won't even be moderating much. And um, yeah, we're right now we're covering low points and high points in the people's personal Eve experience. Um, but my high point this year so far has been um, was the two campaigns NC had in Syndicate fighting the initiative, which was actually really good fun. Really it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun, actually. To be completely honest, like we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of fun. It was. And it was. It was really interesting trying to counter what you guys were bringing, and then like seeing what you guys brought to counter our new counter kind of thing. It was like the it was a counter game constantly. Yeah, I mean, uh, the interesting thing was like the first time we went down to Syndicate to take moons, um, we didn't get too much of a resistance. And, you know, what we saw was a snatch fleet, and so we just kind of defaulted to using capitals from then on. And when we went back up north to fight uh, the Imperium, who had moved back into the Harkonnen, and the Harkonnen meat grinder came a thing earlier again this year, which again was great, because there were some great fights against Fortisars and stuff there as well. But uh, when that finished, and... Initiative was spending all their time, well, not all their time, it's a bit of exaggeration, but spending a lot of, there was a lot of posts going on, just basically going, ah, we took your towers back, what are you going to do about it? And, um, and Vince turning around going, well, you know what, I'll show you what we'll do about it. And we just went straight back down there and started taking them all again. But we, we used the same tactic. Like, we're expecting, like, Snatch Fleet. And for those who don't know what Snatch Fleet is, it's essentially like a ball of command destroyers with micro jump drives. And the whole point of them is to ping in, grab something, pull it out, and then kill it. Um, and that way you can kind of go up against a much larger fleet and just pick off stragglers and kill them. Um, and it's, it's very, very difficult to stop. 
So we were kind of expecting the same thing again. We were expecting staff fleets, so we just brought in carriers and faxes and things like we used in the previous one. And then in comes the Ravens. I love, <laughs> I love that Tiberius gave them their own name. Out of, and yeah. Name, blinky, blinky, like blinky, blinky Ravens. Were, yeah. That was amazing, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. name. Jumpy, jumpy blinky, ju- blinky, jumpy, jumpy, jumpy Ravens, that was it. And we're in there and go, oh, look, Ravens, well, that's something we haven't seen for about four years. How cute. Uh, they kind of bounced around a lot. That's the command destroyers. They're, 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 they're locking things at 300 kilometers. Wait, what? They're locking <laughs> Yeah, but they're shooting things at three. Why are they shooting things at three hundred kilometers? Hmm. And why are faxes melting to them? <laughs> so, so we learned many lessons from that. One of them that um, uh, the Galente fax isn't very good, um, but it generally tends to melt when you have one hundred and fifty Ravens shooting cruise missiles at one hundred and thirty kilometers at three hundred kilometers at it. Um, yeah, I mean, we when we when we saw a lift on field, we were we we rubbed our hands in glee because we knew that we'd be able to take it down. <laughs> and then, of course, um, the legacy of that whole thing is that now PL use the jumpy jumpy Raven, um, and NC now uses the Rock as the counter to it. Great, and it seems to be now a big thing. It, we. Like a lot of the fights I'm involved with now has some sort of variation on that sort of ship now. The cycle of Eve life right there. Mm-hmm. All right, who else I, has I, I agree. Guys. Some, some special uh, parts this year have, have been deployments. Uh, the Bastion deployed to Sacht and did a campaign in Iridia. Really enjoyed that. Also went with Space Violence to, I uh, did a deployment to the sort of the curse catch border and had a wonderful time playing down there. Uh, it's still going on now, but it's not quite as exciting as it was earlier in the year. Um, but there's, yeah, there's been some fun stuff. There's also a little bit of a weird perversity to really having enjoyed um, the, the well, I don't know, four or five days of bubble camping, uh, the ex-CO2 Keepstar um, for a little bit while it flopped to Goonswarm and then to Test Alliance. Um, not because not because that was a particularly fun experience, but it was just perversely fun to have Eve up all day at work on one of my things and having people reading the news about, did you see what happened? That guy backstabbed that alliance, blah, blah, blah. Like, yep, yep, come here, come here, look at this. And they there, there is kind of a social thing. And that bubble right? camping is stationed. It's going on now. That was that was just fun to uh, that part. I mean, there is kind of a social thing to that, right? I mean, it's not so much the camping as it is just sort of like the 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 social aspect of sitting there with your mates right. while you're doing this thing, even though it's you know whatever. It was totally not the Eve gameplay that was fun. It was the the rest of it that was fun. I think that extends as well. Like when when you used to go through an entire region grinding towers or grinding structures, um, you'd spend all your time, and it was kind of relaxed. It, those sort of fleets were kind of a little bit more relaxed, and you're doing your thing and you're trying to get them done as quickly as possible. But you might spend like two or three hours doing it. So you just the conversation just generally tends to flow. Um, for better or worse. Yeah, for better or for worse, uh, it depends on the alliance, I guess. But at the end of the day, you know, you, it's a bit of a bonding session with your alliance mates that maybe in ordinarily fleets you don't get to do. 
Hmm. Well, who else has got a high, high point, low point? Dirk, I'm sure you have many, but... Uh... Most of my shit's low point, I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bring, I bring that upon myself, but, uh, you know, I mean, look, high, high points, okay? So it's like... I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed when when goons in the Imperium came up north, and and you know we were having to do some kind of sovereignty warfare, you know, up there, and 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 that sort of thing. I don't really get into fleets that that are just about oh let's go you know let's go shoot some people sort of a thing, right? I want there to feel like there's some consequence going on, you know, you know, you know going on with it. And when you're defending your own territory, or legitimately attacking somebody else's territory i've always found those to be sort of the high points that i have for you know for kind of fleet actions in the game not to say mm-hmm. that some of those fleets against pravi and whatnot that were going on down there you know during the during the anime war whatever the hell whatever the hell that was you know you know <laughs> weren't fun you know but but just i prefer something to where it feels like one side or the other is going to end up um um See, I'm getting called for like you know food cooking as soon as I start to speak. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, other high points, obviously, you know, getting to getting to you know meet players in real life, you know, from from all over, you know, at various at various events, you know, whether it was whether it was you know camping with the bros at at like you know Eve Northeast or or obviously Vegas and things like that. Those are things that I really look forward to because just with just with what we do every week, whether it be here or whether it be on open comms or whatever, you know, where it's like this whole sort of kind of like social aspect that is attached to Eve, but not directly Eve play. Right. Um, you know, it's always, it's always great to do those things. I mean, low, low, low points, you know, whatever, just go back and watch, you know, various videos throughout the fucking year. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, you know, look, the fact of the matter is, is I push things to a hairy edge sometimes and sometimes it goes awry. <laughs> Well, so push it to eleven. <laughs> well, yeah, that's All my right. own fault. And you know, I, you know, if I if I have a New Year's resolution to make, it's going to be to dial that shit back a bit. That uh, you know what, I think I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to do that. So well, go stir your pot, then come back and uh, no, I gotta take stir, stir this out. pot. All right. But yeah, that's uh, about it. yeah. Actually, I got to agree with a little bit of Dirk as well. Some of the um, meets and get-togethers have been on this year have been brilliant. Uh, FanFest this year was was great. Um, it was always really good to meet up with a bunch of people, and, and London as well has been amazing. And uh, uh, a lot of people that went to Vegas, which you went to as well, Matt, um, mm-hmm. were really good events too. We almost you know, got you there this year. You know, what I'd, you know what I'd love to know? Um, one of the things that surprised me in terms of uh, Eve meets uh, this year is that Antarctica meet. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have I'd have, I'd have like, loved to have known like what that was like. If anybody out there knows anybody who was there, like get in touch and let let us know what that was like. Because I'm really, really interested. Yeah, it's like one Yeti and Yeah, Yeti, where did he mogul go? Oh he's gone. Uh the inside joke there is his uh his keep stars are called Yetis or something. Is Jornica could be back in a moment? Yeah, he'll he'll come and go. Every a lot of okay, these guys okay. will come and go. Here's Opus Magnum. I'm gonna drag him in. Opus, welcome, Opus. Can I go now, Matterall? Because I have to do cooking as well. Oh, Dunk, no. Uh, yes, you can cook, but I'll stay as long back. as I can. But the wife's cook- yeah. oh, yeah. calling me from the other room. Oh. Oh, give me your highs and lows real quick. Good good parts of the year, bad parts for you personally. Well, I, I think the high point of the year, undeniably, is uh, the idea that Brave has a Keepstar, 
which was pretty much an impossibility until all the chaos happened. And to be able to sit Whoa. in the Keep Star uh, probably is the high point of my year. Um, so uh, I, I, I'm not sure I knew that. Matterall, you're supposed to be on top of every single thing that's happening on Eve, and you're one of the most disconnected people to that goings on <laughs> in the hottest told. part of Eve there is right now in the South. That's so. what these Getting guys told. Are we keep him disconnected <laughs> so he's neutral. Yeah. This is why I'm uh, unbiased, because I don't know anything. Well, we have a lot of fun with your friends in NC down in Impasse and Catch, so you should join up one of these days. You can undock and come see well, what's that, happening for yourself. Wow. I actually, I was kidding, because I'm actually, one of my alts is in your Keep Star. Are you trying to sell all the stuff? No, but I'm in there. I have a, I have a clone in there. All right, well, this is where he goes and tells his spy masters to try and hunt down which altar yours it is, <laughs> kick it out, <laughs> and then so just just undock and let me know when, and I'll I'll test out the doomsday on you. No, 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 not a spy. It was actually it's an actual NC character. Uh, oh no, maybe it's a NPC uh, corp. But yeah, I have I have a guy in that keep star. Er, yeah. Yeah, if I undock, I'll let you know so you can blast me. I think the, <laughs> the, the low times aren't really the low times, but there is a bit of discouragement uh, when you are a Force Ox pilot and a Rourke Wall gets tackled or a Super gets tackled, and then you jump in and you do everything you can to save the person. Maybe they get out. Sometimes they don't get out. Uh, but you inevitably get just obliterated because no one is going to stay on grid with you uh, to, against some of these overwhelming you know, Loki fleets or... The, the wormhole people. So that's not fun. It's what the ships are built for, but you get a little uh, frustrated that you're taking it in the shorts. <laughs> All right, go stir your pot too. All right, well, we let noticed. me just say one, the other high, yeah. outside oh, yeah. of the game, yeah. I, I do want to say I was able to this year go to both FanFest and eVegas. And I have to say that going to FanFest and eVegas exceeds kind of the in-game stuff we do. I mean, meeting people in real life and talking with them and drinking and having a good time just far out seeds anything else you can do in the game. And so there's probably a lot yeah. of people listening that kind of don't really go out and meet other people in the game, don't have local meetups. And I encourage you, if there's any way you can find your way to a local meetup, Event Eve, Amsterdam, FanFest, any of these things, it's well worth your time. Even if you're a shy person, you will have a fantastic time going to these things. So um, that was really the highlight of the year was meeting everyone face-to-face -face and exchanging swag and all that kind of stuff. And I, I really think it makes the game so much better than just playing it in front of your computer. And if you're ever lucky enough to meet yeah. uh, Dunk in person, make sure he he shows you the briefcase of friendship as well. You won't regret it. Amen. Bargast? Yeah, no, like the meets are a whole different level. I'd have to echo that. Fan fest when I went was great. First time going anywhere. Sadly, I miss London. But that was certainly one of the high points this year. Um, second one would be Warped joining Legacy and moving into Catch. Like... Yeah, I mean, that, that goes back to what? Um, Legacy is full of awesome, and so he just wanted to be part of the awesome? Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> no, after CO2 fell, obviously, uh, Brave and a couple others moved into Impasse, and Catch Space freed up, so offers were put around. Um, one of the alliances we worked with passed the offer up, and... To what I know, we had a couple people vouch for us, and we got the offer. We just took it. We took the plunge, and we're having a lot more fun now. Oh. There's rough days. I mean, we are currently being camped in all our systems 24-7, but 
<laughs> we still have fun doing it. Well, let me, uh, this, this question came up, and I love these questions because uh, there's so much complexity to an answer for this question. And here's the question, and it came from Griffey, uh, who's in the audience there. Uh, not played even two years. Worth coming back? Have at it. What do you guys think? I think so. Uh, I, I mean, definitely think you should. I mean, even if you're even even as an alpha, it's, I mean, at this particular moment in time, it's worth coming back because you've got a whole bunch of new skills and a whole bunch of new ships that you can fly and use, and uh, you know, so interact come back with. even for even just an alpha form without paying, without obligation, and check that out. Yeah, yeah. totally. Check it out as an alpha. Make you know if if you're cautious that what you do want to do isn't still like it used to be it doesn't feel right you don't enjoy it come back as an alpha try it if it doesn't you haven't lost anything nope. if it feels right subscribe and the fact that you've got so much more range and option of ships to fly now as an alpha if you previously trained them before as an omega it just makes it so much more worthwhile just jumping in dipping your toe in catching up with some old friends making some old connections and just seeing you know what's new all right but what's changed in the last two years why what's the reason for him to come back oh what's so much <laughs> what, so what much all right elaborate what what has changed in the I'm, last two years? i'm actually what's going to the uh like oh, Eve you, updates website to actually go oh, through okay. the list you're gonna do it right you know just oh i can guess. we can do this live yeah. we can do this live <laughs> do but there's so much there's so many changes small and big well, this is how we work, right? Like we, we ask a question and it's not like, yeah, join, it's fun. It's, it's uh, Tiberius going and researching and seeing what's actually changed in the last two years. If I ask Noisy Gamer a question, it's not uh, an answer that he gives me. He goes and researches. <laughs> like this is why and this is what it takes to find all the actual, you know, facts behind stories or behind information and stuff like that. It takes guys like this that, that run and actually run down with evidence that kind of stuff however i can say right off the top of my head pod's code so it's worth uh, coming back because the pod code uh, pod pause code player own station code is going away pretty famous. yeah i, I mean <laughs> yeah that, that's something that is so big i didn't even have to go research it's just like two years pause code getting rid of that putting up the uh uh, citadels and everything like that. It's just changed so much. Um, some for the good, some for the better, some for not so good, but it, it has changed a bunch. So for Skill trading. Absolutely. Okay. So before we start, for those that are absolutely uh, new and don't understand what pause code is, it's the old code that was used to build structures in the game. And for a long time, CCP has said, we'd love to do this or that feature, but we can't because the code is really bad and we can't really make uh, any new stuff built on it. And that was the pause code. So they, in the last four years, have uh, tried to get rid of as much as of the old code. And that means the programming for the game, right? That kind of code so that they could create new features and better features and untangle the mess that was made before. Uh, and that's called design debt. When you design yourself into a corner, you can't really build on it, iterate, or make better features. You basically have to scrap the code and start over. And that's been happening. And so getting rid of the pause code has allowed new structures and new features to be developed. And that's what we're talking about. Yep. And as and a result, we now have all the citadels. And soon those horrible pauses and anchoring all those modules will go bye-bye. Someone was saying something about skill trading, I heard. Yeah, skill trading. Like, 
that I can't actually believe that, but that was February 2016 that came out, Skill Trading, which has essentially entirely changed how people play this game almost, like how skill trading is done and how people acquire skills. Like if, Sorry, you go. Yeah, I mean, it if you have the time, you can just buy them and inject the skills. If you have too many skills, you can extract them and sell them on for the money if you don't have that. You know, it's crazy. Has it added more to the depth of the game than it's taken away? It's, that, it's added some interesting quick, nuances, yeah. It's Sorry. sped up how quick you can get into the deeper parts of the game. In, does, does it feel like the same rich experience in having gotten there, or does that really matter? I think, personally, I think it's taken away some, to some extent. I'm not saying it's more negative than positive, but you know, you can look at a player's age and go, oh, well, you know, he's been playing this game a long time. He probably has all these skills. And now you can see someone that's literally a 90-day character, and they could literally have their own Titan. That's Opus Magnum from Eve Onion. And NC Dot. Hello, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Member of I mean, it's, 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 for me personally, it took out, for a couple of my characters that uh, I was training after this, it took out the pain points of some of those awful skills, which you just spend forever, like, training. And also it gives me now an ability to sort of look at my characters and go, I didn't quite like the way I took this character. So you know what? I'm going to take those out, strip it out, and then re-inject them and put them in a new direction. And you just didn't have that before. You know, I've never understood the desire to uh, remove skill points from you because you didn't like the way that they were applied. Because, you know, if you play this game long enough, you wait around, sooner or later, those skill points are going to be valuable and you're going to be uh, missing them. I think if you've been around that long, the skill points thing didn't make much of a difference to you. It's the guys, the beginners that affected a lot, or the or the new alts, but also in the mid range, if the if the the corporation or the alliance came up with a new uh, doctrine, and you don't happen to have what it needs, what you need to do it, you could just buy a couple of skill injectors and be there immediately on day one, and that's actually a good feeling. You can stay with your guys. Yeah, you know what a bad feeling is? Is injecting over and over and over again to get something like advanced weapon upgrade five. And you just see all that money going away. Don't do it if you have a lot of skill points and you're not getting any value out of it. Don't do it, bro. Uh, I was just going to say, you guys remember the fact that uh, one of the dudes from. I can't remember which one of the. Um... Iron Bank? I, was it was it Iron one of Iron Bank? It was Iron Bank, oh, yeah. It was actually Iron Bank, where he like just skill injected every story, single. Like we know it was Iron Bank. Yeah, it was skill injected every Iron single Bank. skill to five. Yeah, five hundred and never released. Was it five hundred something million skill points, and the number of ejectors he needed went into sort of uh, probably nearly the trillions of isk to do, trillion isk to do. It was crazy. It was. I crazy. think he spent what two trillion to do that almost. That sounds about right. Because that was it does day sound one. Like the posts, yeah. And I, you know, I only asked the question because I, you know, I, I myself, you know, wonder from time to time, you know, did did it did it remove some feeling of like accomplishment along the way, you know, you know, to where like you feel like you earned your time in, sort of a thing, um, you know, as opposed to as opposed to the offset of that, which is we've we've always had a tough time getting newer people into the game and ramped up and participating at a level that makes them want to stay. 
And therefore, that's a very big positive for the fact of there is the option for them to do that. I just wonder if the whole skill point, um, you know, farming, extraction, injection thing was the right step, or if there was something else out there that could have achieved it in a way that didn't seem so kind of artificially fast. Well, right after the uh, skill injectors were introduced, I introduced about four new people to the game. And um, I, I saw a negative side of it off the bat because these guys have played other games that, you know, you can buy your way to a better car, ship, or whatever. And uh, they basically skill injected themselves into stealth bombers day one and uh, got very frustrated after they didn't know how to actually use them. And <laughs> so basically, there, there's, you know, having these 30. You know, million ships just keeping blown up and blown up and blown up because they don't know how to use them, and they got frustrated with the game and left. Um, because the, I had told them that hey, this takes time, you know, but they didn't have that time in between that, you know, time it would have taken them to get to the stealth bombers, you know, originally to actually learn how to fly the ships properly, you know, learn how to use the overview uh, scanner, and I saw that negative uh, negatively that way. But also, I think it's great for new players to get in and get to those you know cruiser level ships uh the, faster um because you know if, if they can they can be used for bad or good and that's also very personality driven based i think so if you have someone that comes in and just thinks oh i got an i win button i can buy all the injectors and be good i think they're gonna have a very poor experience but i think people that come in and actually have someone to guide them and use them for i think they're supposed to be used for and to get them into something that there's equal footing maybe with the area they're in um so they can learn with that ship or be with their friends I think they're gonna have a great experience. Yeah, and I just you know I just want to address you know, obviously some of the listeners out there. Um, uh, you know, a couple of them sort of said the same thing. But I'll go with H two Bro. He said, "I never felt the waiting game produced a sense of accomplishment. I feel being able to fly in a fleet and winning an objective was the accomplishment I wanted, not waiting for SP." And I'm not necessarily talking about about the long grind. Oh, look, I lived through the long grind of of you know the training time and things like that. But more some of the decisions that go into how and what you're going to train over time um, was was somewhat removed by this. And, and, and one of the big things I've always seemed to feel about Eve is there's a plethora of decisions that you have to make you know, on your character, mm. uh, you know, as well as you know, everything else that over time led to some sort of kind of like um, um, I, the history of your character. Yeah, also the opposite Store. of that is... Uh, oh, Elaine, welcome. Uh, you're one of our Patreons here. We appreciate your support. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's a Thank story, you. Dirk. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, and just what, like when you get into like, well, you know, how am I going to, you know, what am I going to train now? How am I going to have my attributes set up for the things that are important to me now? Um, and they're seeing, you know, what this did was it sort of kind of erased a lot of that if you want to do the whole you know, kind of buy your way to instant gratification, right? Well, the, the opposite of that is, and this is the reason that maybe Eve is played by older uh, people, um, because they have more commitments, real life has started, whatever, those kinds of things. But the opposite of waiting for the grind is not being out ground or having uh, people who have a ton of time grind way past you and leave you behind. Uh, yep. that's, there's a different... There's a different upper class in EVE Online. It's the upper class of who, who joined first, who joined early. They have the advantage of having skilled up more stuff, which isn't the end all in EVE, but it does help. Instead of having somebody who hires other people to grind characters or grinds characters themselves because he's uh, got time to do it. So you don't feel like you're being outperformed by people who have more time. 
I always wonder about the psychological aspect uh, when you enter a game. In uh, MMORPGs, there's a reason that you hit levels 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 really fast, maybe even in your first play session, is that you get that feeling of accomplishment. You get that the, the little ding noise that comes as you level. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a psychological thing that gets you hooked into the game. And so mm-hmm. you, you can get a lot of those uh, as your skills train on uh, your first, you know, first or second play session and, and things. So I'm just wondering if we allow people to bypass that, if we're actually allowing them to bypass something that might help uh, hook them into EVE. Thanks, Commander A's, for that donation. Super appreciate it. I, I usually miss when McLeod has to, has to poke me and say, hey. <laughs> yeah. Thank and then people. we get to the end of the show, and then McLeod's going, you did not say these things. <laughs> You know, speaking of that noisy gamer, when when uh, I would actually, when I had a big skill and I had been waiting for it for like, what, 17 days or something, I would log in just to hear that accomplishment ding. <laughs> well, you, 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 know, you know you could have just gotten that through Elon, right? <laughs> no, does it? Does it make the noise? There yeah, it makes a... the noise and it wakes you up in the, in the night if you're waiting for it. So, oh, yeah. Really? I mean, it doesn't do the skill training complete, but yeah, you know, you know, it definitely gives you an alert. And well, I remember um, early on in the game where you had to actually wake up uh, when you wanted to put a new skill in because it only had one skill at a time you could load. Oh man! Well, yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever bitched about about uh, the extension of the skill queue. Uh, no, you know, three a.m. No. You know, three a.m. wake oh, ups to to change a skill. But that was had, a thing. But that had a big effect on the game, didn't it? Huge, huge. Yeah. And I don't mean in necessarily a positive way. There was also a negative way. Because... I don't know that there was necessarily a negative, you know, you, you know, to that, to being able to think out what you want your cue to be um, over right. a longer period of time. A lot of people were already doing that in Evemon and and stuff like that, um, yeah. you know, to where they were figuring out what to do, and then it just became, um, you know, that the the how do I get these into my cue in a sensible way to where I'm not waking up at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but and then losing, you know, wh- however many hours in between. We heard though from CCP that the psychology of logging in all the time kind of was dialed back, and so the the people logged in at a certain point went down. So you know, it had an I effect of it. having people right. Yeah, I mean, I felt it uh, once. Um, once the twenty four hour skill queue was advanced to fifty skills, uh, however long that took. Um, I found myself uh, logging in less. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yeah, yeah, there was that because if you knew you had to log in to change your skills, right, then there was the opportunity for you to go, well, I'm logged in. Let me go do something, right? But if you yeah. know you don't have to, then there's that decision of, well, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe not going to. Yeah, or yeah, at so least, I hear you on that. At least check the markets or communicate with somebody or to say hi to your court mates. It didn't have to be a let me get out there and fight something. It was just like you're in the game, you're present in the game. Uh, you say hello to people. You 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 populate the place, even if you're not doing anything. You're somebody else in a station, and so it it had a, a diminishing effect if if people didn't have to log in to check their skills all the time. But it did for for people who are playing long term give them a chance to to reduce the freneticism of constantly being in touch with Eve. 
No, Thre Threx brings up something else. He said, do you think <laughs> alpha skills should be injectable, but omega skills shouldn't? I can see a difference between injecting to an interceptor and injecting into a carrier for a new pilot. I mean, look, the diminishing returns that come at the higher skill point levels, um, you know, uh, ends up being kind of the thing that's meant to maybe have you not do that. Um, but, yep. but, but, but quite honestly, with the way money is in the game and everything... <laughs> It, it, I don't know that it's really that you know that much of a uh, an obstacle. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, that's an interesting you know that's an interesting point. You know, if if really what you're looking to do, which which I think it was, I think it was made for newer, younger players, but they were also allowing older players to take advantage of it. Um, maybe it always should have just been. We want to get newer players ramped up faster. Um, and you know, and the rest of you, guess what? You've already earned your your um, you know years in the game advantage. It probably would have prevented, to some degree, the immense amount of Rorkel alts that were built. You know, people without a doubt, it absolutely yeah. helped yeah, propagate really... that. I know people. I know people who literally uninject, like basically uh, extracted all of the skills that they had on their alts for. Um, you know, PVEing and carriers and put them straight into Rorkles. Like, Do you know how few people had um, Rorkle alts that were maxed out? Like, I did have one, actually. But um, every corporation would have one, maybe two, because you only needed one in the corp to boost, you know, uh, the mining missions that were being done. Yeah, it was gold dust. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been a little more exclusive to people who had done the sacrifice before, but... Uh, that would have been an interesting uh, thing. You wouldn't have seen so many Rorkle alts because people were borrowing money. I've heard yeah. this from Roden on a show. They would borrow money to invest in the injection process, which might have been 80, 80 uh, I don't know how much it was. Let's well, say basically to build their entire thing from the buying of yeah. the Rorkle to, to the injectors to skill up all the alts that they're going to run with that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you're right. You know, because they knew they could get that... Uh, uh, investment back and they probably got it back and paid off their debt and went on to make a lot a lot of money which is interesting there's that side of the gameplay right make a big investment you pay back your loan and you know you've built up an infrastructure to make money in the game but it, it would uh come at a sacrifice for everybody else who feels like holy crap um these guys have gener these guys have made money printing machines uh by doing this process of having so many Rorkle alts well, and that's you know, you know, and that's where it gets into the intersection of kind of some of the things that Caleb and and, and I and others have you know discussed about um, you know scarcity out there and things. Right, we really don't have scarcity when it comes to the resources that we mine or the or the isk that we can pump out of um, you know pump out of anomalies, right? And if what you have is the ability to well, I don't have to train up that new supercarrier ratting alt, or I don't have to you know train up this new Rorqual alt. Um, it just adds to the problem that you know what some of us see. As as a problem with with the over farming of these things that runs to excess disk and runs to excess resources that didn't necessarily used to exist at the level that it does now. Yeah, I'm trying to get my uh, courtmate uh, Kroll Glaive there. I guess that's <laughs> he won't come on, but I want to get him on because he's that guy is like established. I think he owns like just about every Titan skin. Established. He established with a capital E. Uh, he was he was showing me this. It was better than fireworks. He had his Titans out, an avatar and a bus, an Erebus, 
and he was flipping through all the skins, and it looked like a fireworks show. It was pretty cool. Oh, I outed out, I outed him out as having wealth. So, yeah, if you yeah. guys, if you guys want to extort somebody, him. that's your guy. <laughs> he calls him the disco tire. It's poor skin rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, look at that. He's there subbing to this show when he's on open comms. Dirk. Was that mutiny? I never, you know, whenever I see subs, I never know if the, if that's just when like the resub happens or yeah. if that's when somebody's actually punching the sub again button or something. No, he, he's, he's, yeah. he's punching the sub again because he, he also, uh, he also said, uh, 16 months, that's almost having two babies. So, you know. <laughs> Is something a Twitch feature or? Something's yeah, a Twitch feature, yeah. Because I'm a Patreon. You're different. That's all You're... good. It's all good. Actually, Dirk and I had this out the other day. Um, we talked about the difference between Patreon for this show, Talking In Stations, the difference mm. between the relationship between Talking In Stations and INN. Uh, and that was uh, kind of interesting in that <clears throat> the, the Patreon is a runaround from uh, money going to INN is what it looks like. But what it, what it is is because INN is not really about the money, they just need to pay their servers and that sort of stuff. They They haven't really said that's not a that's not okay kind of thing if they had then you know you'd, you'd have to look at that and say well you know what am i in this for but the point is the the patreon was built to help the podcast uh portion of it and the subscriptions and the tips and stuff that you give while we record the podcast inside of inn that goes partly to the station and partly to the show the video podcast and stuff like that the video, what is it? Video on demand? I guess it's a new thing. VOD. So when you yeah. donate ask, where does that go? <laughs> that goes into my pocket. Uh, and, actually, <laughs> and, and I have it. I have the ISK that's been donated to me. Uh, it's been invested so that it grows because I didn't want to just have ISK sitting there. So I made a bunch nice. of investments. Uh, and it's actually funny because I was doing some broadcasting and I left my inventory window open. There was, uh, you know, you know, billions uh, worth of m minerals and stuff like that. And people were like, hey, what are you going to do with all that money? <laughs> but what it's doing is accumulating more wealth and I eventually sell it back into the market. And that way the money is actually working instead of just sitting there dead. Uh, you could do that with Plex, too, I suppose. But all that money is going to be used. Um, we've kicked around ideas, right, Derek? Like how to use it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Have you kicked around those ideas? <laughs> you and I kicked around ideas. It's kind of like, you know, you know, even on open comms or whatever, right? It's like, I don't, you know, the wallet doesn't end up going to me. I mean, Drayden has that or whatever. And, you know, I think we talked about using some of it to buy drinks out in Vegas or, or you know, you know whatever. Um, and I think that he withdrew that a bunch of money. Minutes. Well, I think he withdrew a bunch of money out of the thing. And then, like, we never, you know, like, we never used it. Um, we were just right. buying and, like, never thought to use the pile of money that he had brought with him. Didn't he take a few, uh, uh, I don't know, we'll call them uh, escorts to Denny's or something? Yeah, I'm hoping that that's not where it went. <laughs> you know, whatever. That Is would, that where it goes? That would be pure open comms if he did use it for hookers and blow. Hello, Hell885 uh, from oh Brave. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so anyway, the, the, the funding, and here's the thing, and I, I've thought about this, and maybe we'll make a change in the new year, but um, the Patreon pays for what was what well, i set up a patreon to say uh i need to be reimbursed because i accidentally spent 500 dollars on server fees to get the uh, podcast out and, and i can explain why that happened too it was uh 
it was a simple mistake of realizing that a two-hour show takes a lot of bandwidth if you do it four times a week, and you get thousands of downloads, it turns out. And I was on AWS, which ran up my bill considerably. Because I was doing the Eve News, or what was it, EN24 podcast before, right, Tiberius? Yep. But that would only be, how long was that show? Like 30 to 30 minutes to an hour at the most. Yeah, that's it. 30 minutes to an hour once a week, maybe every other week. Yeah. uh, Every other week, I think it was. Yeah. So I was not paying much. So I figured I didn't even think about it. I just kept hosting on AWS, ran up a huge bill, reached out through Patreon, said, hey, can you guys help reimburse me? Because I'm willing to do this for free, but I'm not willing to go in that, you know, that much debt because, you know, Wi-Fi grew and all that. So that's how that started. Now, I have definitely recouped that money. And then I uh, put out a message saying that I've recouped it. Thank you very much. I'm going to go ahead and continue to collect uh, money, and then we'll just use that to upgrade equipment and stuff like that, which we have done. We've done a round of uh, upgrades. We have a mic- I have a new microphone and what's this Tascam thing. I would not have had it if I wasn't doing this show, so I imagine that's a good expense. I bought software paid for server fees. And so the money is coming out of that fund. There is still more uh, money there. And what I'm going to do is take some of my uh, older equipment and hand it off to other people so they can upgrade their stuff. So yes, I'm building a multi-dollar empire, media empire girl. That's that's what's happening here. It all, it all has to begin somewhere. One dollar at a time. But this brings me to a point of wanting to really thank uh, people who support the show uh, because it's really, uh, I, I, I would probably, we would do the show anyway. It's not, but it does help in that uh, it, if there is some kind of adjustment we need to make, whatever it is, we can make the adjustment without going out of pocket. And that helps a lot. So thank you, Patreons like Elaine here. I appreciate I mean, that is the thing though, right? Is we would do it anyway. Yeah. I'm not doing this. Which for... is what makes it hard. I mean, which is what makes it hard to sit there and be like, hey, you know, uh, remember you can support it. You're like, you're like doing those little things that a lot of streamers out there do because they're doing it for a combination of reasons, right? I mean, we, we are doing this. We, we, I know I started at a time when the idea of, of asking for anything just, it, it wasn't even there. We were just doing it because we, we would have done it anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some like F- some FCs and CEOs ask ask for or get computers donated to them, and you can look at that and say like, "Wow, that that guy's just crowdsourcing his members." That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is saying that guy's putting in a ton of time for you, the members of your corporation or alliance, and you guys are showing appreciation, but you're also allowing him to do it better or easier or, you know, not incur a bunch of costs to do it. I, I think there's some legitimacy to that. What do you guys think? I've, I've always found that, that um, the, the people that are willing, see, I don't want to call them content creators because they're not necessarily con- but in a way for you, the line pilot, you know, in a, in a way they are, they're taking you someplace that maybe you wouldn't have gone otherwise, were it not for some of those few people that tend to, that tend to lead these things. I've always found that supporting them in some way, um, other than a big fat thank you at the end, you know, thanks FC at the end, um, you know, is, is good not only for you as a line member, but good for your corporation or alliance or whatever organizational structure you're in. Um, because we know that, you know, a few people lead so much of the activity that goes on in Eve. And certainly when you look at some of the, the larger groups in Eve as well, 
when you suddenly start looking at all the infrastructure that they have in place, like the, the TeamSpeaks or the Mumbles and the websites and the forums and all the bandwidth they do and everything else, and suddenly the costs of those get ridiculously huge. Um, and I those think- people are changing at the moment too because we know the API system is going away. So the, the IT teams are all working behind the scenes to build a replacement for when the API system goes down uh, in the next couple months. So the IT teams that are building all that infrastructure are working their butts off. Like so many man hours put into like just putting all this stuff together. And I know I've seen some alliance server costs being well in excess of a thousand or fifteen hundred a thousand pounds or fifteen hundred pounds a year just to keep it running. So, you know, maybe four or five hundred nerds can get together every so often and go and shoot people in internet spaceships. I mean, it puts into perspective that actually the joke that goes around on Reddit that some of our groups are more organized than real life businesses. That's actually kind of true. That's a bar guest issue. And I just got a subscriber. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> sorry, on Patreon. And that was Dunk Dinkle, uh, who reminded me to close the deal. So if you want to uh, donate to the podcast, it's a uh, patreon.com slash Matterall. Yay. Full no, circle. I, I, can, I can tell you're not in sales, <laughs> Matterall. I did put the I'm link up. No. Now, you know, you know, uh, Rumblecast out there says uh, someone, someone important <laughs> pointed out FCs may not be the content creators much as the people who build the things we shoot. Um, look, yeah. Eve, actually, that came up. Eve, that came from some came from somewhere else. Came I think from Arif, Arif, I think. No, it was a nominate. It was a nominate. Yeah, okay. but go ahead. But look, you know, Eve is a symbiotic game. You know, you know, in order to have destruction, you had to have creation first, right? You know, in order to in order to have a battle over a structure, you had to have this structure there in the first place. Um, and and that is true. Uh, you know, it, it is true, you know, which is which is why, like all this stuff, you know, all the hate on miners back in the years or or any of these things. Right. That actually kind of source materials and things like that, that let us build ships, that let us blow ships up and, you know, structures and everything else. It, Without that symbiotic relationship, Eve is just—it's just a dead arcade game. Yeah, I, I mean, like for um, like for the Imperium, uh, Gsol may be the ultimate in uh, content creation because if if they're not moving stuff around and setting stuff up and everything, then nothing's going to happen, really. Uh, right, at the end so of the day, we're getting a bunch of down. we're getting a bunch of subscriptions and uh, donations. Awesome! <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Love that vote of confidence. There you go. Christmas, that's the Christmas spirit for you, right? Exactly. There. That's why I wore this sweater. I mean, let me milk it for 24 hours because it dies for a year. <laughs> but it's like, and, and at the end of the day, even all these people that like lead the fleets or do the logistics or set up the IT services or things like that, all it takes is one nerd to like say to another nerd something they don't like. And suddenly you have a war on your hands. Oh, it's come down to <laughs> winking on 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 the what Reddit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, don't wink at me. I'll come after you. Hey, hey we went down to Synd- I mean, NC went down to Syndicate for the second time in the year just to like because of what initiative members were posting on on Reddit. You know, so yeah, <laughs> it works. Uh, Carneros, you've been quiet for a little while. What's going on with you this year, or what happened this year? Well, actually, one thing earlier that we talked about was the local meetups, and I wanted to say a couple things about that. If you, you may not have a convenient local meetup in your area, 
don't, it may seem in, uh, intimidating to you to set one up, to go find a local restaurant that's willing to give you a back area and let you maybe put up a sign each time you come and do something. We have a wonderful place in San Diego, California, with a, in a barbecue restaurant that has beers and burgers, and we have a great time. But something a little bit smaller, a little bit easier to do, and also Matterall's favorite subject, the Alliance Tournament. <laughs> You could do an Alliance tournament viewing party, and it's a one-time thing. Uh, you can find a local bar that will host, or you can host at home if you've got a, if you can like maybe broadcast uh, Twitch over onto your TV and have it a little bit bigger and serve some beverages. It's so, in my particular time zone, it's like I don't know seven in the morning, eight in the morning that I have to turn it on to go watch the beginning. So I find that the gay bars are a little bit easier to talk into getting a bartender in at seven in the morning for you than the straight bars are. Your mileage may vary. Turning each gay one player at a time. No, I'm being practical here, folks. That's what it's I practicality, guys. Damn it. To be fair, to be fair. New meaning to X up his gay. I vouch for that. I lived in West Hollywood for four years. Yeah, if you need if you need someone to open their bar, you know, I just what I did is I I, I basically said I want to have a few guys in. I'm willing to pay a little bit of money to guarantee the bartender, whatever. I think I paid three or four hundred dollars, and they said sure, and they put out a spread of food for us, and they put out you know they gave us free coffees and stuff too, and then they also just opened the bar and served us whatever we want. And we had a great time, and they put Twitch up on their – instead of uh, gay videos, they put Twitch up on all the – it was perfect. I know for Denver, we don't pay nearly that much for our uh, Alliance tournament meetup. That, we get that's, a big screen. Tim's just died in the background. We're calling this episode the gay bar episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, th no, I'm serious. Like a hot tub, a bunch of guys talking about Eve. What do you think? <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds sounds very Cali, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all up for it, but you know, if 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 we touch, you know, it's going to get a bit awkward. Yeah. Jingle <laughs> bells, guys. Jingle bells. Uh, but I am thinking of having. Um, uh, oh, what? Actually, Dunk and I were talking about this, right, Dunk? Dunk yeah, I'd like to, in my copious spare time, when I'm not hauling manure <laughs> right. around, I would like to. Uh, do a real Eve LA, like an, not a bar get together, but like have some presentations and get people together a little more formally. Yeah. Uh, what would you have in mind, by the way? Like, what do you, you going to have a dinner kind of thing or? Uh, what I looked at is kind of getting a, renting a meeting space, um, which is the thing I'm struggling with now is getting a space where we could have like a projector and then get various people. There's a ton of people in LA and there's even people in Northern California who'd be willing to come down and just do some short presentations. Cause, uh, it's always interesting to hear what the people who don't make presentations often have to say. And I think people would learn a lot. And, um, I think that's how some of these other things got started. That's how Vegas got started. EventT got started. Even Amsterdam got started. It's just a little more formal than we're going to go drink beers and bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I've even been in, in London. I've already, I've even in London been to, uh, you know, some of the um, Alliance tournament viewing parties and stuff like that. It's been really good. I would drive up. Would I would you? drive that's up. Oh, hell awesome. yeah. Yeah. That and sounds good. And don't forget, it doesn't have to be like some really complicated thing. 
the longest like running player eve meet um is the london meet and it's it essentially is just a bunch of guys getting together and having a chat in the pub that's it uh it helps the Perfect. beers cheap um you know and we have a little sign and we go and we put the sign up and that's it that's all you need to do yeah, no, cheap, I, I know we, we are here in LA. We already have that. And then it, it inevitably wanders around like the outspoken people are outspoken and the inverted people stop showing up. So what I want to do is bring new people in that have now a reason besides let's go drink beer in this place, mm-hmm. like a more formal situation. And that will bring people in, they'll make friends and then it'll hopefully bring people who no, don't normally say, I want to go on Saturday night and drink beer with these guys and get them into the the wider Eve community in Southern California. So that's how I want to differentiate it. Cause we already have the bar meets and some people show up, but a lot of people are nervous to, you know, they're underage or whatever it is. I, I, I was just, gonna, I was just going to say, Dunk, you know, even before you said that, that people out there shouldn't think that just because they're having it at a bar means everybody's getting wasted. I, I think that when you have these kind of three or four hour, uh, local meetups at a bar that it, it doesn't turn into e Vegas, or you shouldn't have to worry that it does that. But I think that you are right that there are people that perhaps avoid those things because maybe they don't drink, maybe they can't because they're underage or whatever. Um, that, you know that tend to avoid those. So having something else where it's more like a dinner situation, or you know where it's not just at a bar, mm. um, you, know, you know could you know, could be a draw as well. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And there's there's probably one consistency I'd always say about. Uh, meets that I've been to for Eve is that Eve, Eve players are just like the most welcoming bunch ever. Like, even if you sit there and you go, Oh, you're the guys that you shot, I shot at oh. you last week, and oh, you shot at me, and oh, hey, not good to meet you. Oh, stop. And that's it. And that's literally it. Like, Eve I mean, players, you great. You don't have to be in a big fancy alliance that everyone's heard of. You don't have to be a 2007 character or bullshit like that. You could be, you could be a brand new player. You could be someone who hasn't logged in in a few months, but you're following the meta game. It all works. Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's stop flattering all the Eve players. There's some bad ones out there, not welcoming, but uh, the guys that show up at these things all have something to talk about. So you always have an entry point into a conversation, and I think yeah, that's totally. the key. Like you yeah, can look totally. at somebody from across the room, walk over to them, and just say, "Who do you fly with?" And you're you're accepted because that's an acceptable question because you all have that in common. And I actually love this idea, Dunk, because I don't want to drink. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to drink. Uh, it's not like I mean, I don't know why there's this thing of like the only uh, legitimate social situation with Eve players is to get really drunk. Like that's well, that's not even something I'm interested in. For our Denver meetup, we usually we have one about once every four or six weeks, and we usually go to a restaurant instead. Um, I don't drink. I think it, you know. I think it depends on the. Way. I think it depends on the situation. And, you know, again, you know, if you're having a short three or four hour kind of meet, um, chances Depend are the that's, drinkers. Well, you know, chances are that's probably not happening. Um, you know, look, if you've got a long established one that now you know fifty, sixty people are showing up to, uh, it, maybe it happens more there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, the one I went to in Boston, you know, really wasn't like that. Some people stayed later and it, you know, and it went on later into the night. But, uh, you know, I don't think that just the sitting around sipping a beer is where, you know, people are getting wasted at those kind of, you know, just few hour event. Well, um, Aramis, uh, Rosa Cruz, Rosa Crux, I guess, or Crux, 
brings up the point that the, it is an Icelandic game, and so maybe that's where the origins of you know mead and drinking and you know. Yeah, I, I think it's more so, so, social lubrication. Yeah, you know, I mean, social yeah. lubrication. Well, I mean, I like you, know, yeah. you know, I think it, you know, I think it, I think it does, you know, uh, you know, occur like that. But again, yeah, I just, I'm just not sure that there's all that. I mean, and and you probably shouldn't go by what you see on Twitter or whatever other way that you know somebody's like you know showing pictures of you know them doing that because that may be just a small piece of what's going on in a larger thing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now, what I will I mean, say is that it is hard to get these things kind of kicked off, you know. But once you reach a critical mass, and other people say, "Well, there's other people going," I'll go, kind of a thing. Um, I think you do have some people out there that won't show up to something necessarily the first year or the first time you have it because they don't know anybody. They're not even sure it's going to be a thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, mean, I agree. But I mean, don't uh, like this is probably one of the biggest lessons I've always learned. It's like when you do meet e players, and so I'm sorry, I'm going to like say how e players are so great in social situations again. Sorry, I'm doing it, <laughs> but um, I have never seen. Uh, like I've gone to Eve meets, um, a lot of Eve meets, and I've never seen such a wide diversity of people from different backgrounds and different styles, where they drink or they don't drink or whatever. Even at a pub meet, people will go and, you know, they may not drink, they just go there, have a bit of food and then go home or whatever. But it, everybody is always welcome because you always have that, who do you fly with or here is my Eve story, or here is your Eve story, whatever it may be. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, um, and it's all about revealing who you are in RL. You don't need to. Yeah, exactly. And I I would like to also point out that, you know, even in Eve meets, like it's always really, it's always really good fun to talk about Eve, like face to face with people as well, but also to play danger game with people as well. Cause that's, that's fun. Danger game. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, the the one of the things I thought was interesting, and this is what I put in my feedback to uh, E Vegas because they put a a little post um, questionnaire about how you liked. Oh, here comes the Matterall's ruining E Vegas thing. (laughs) Yes, this is how how I plan to undermine it. Uh, Was I wrote because I guess I'll I'll go back to my experience with it. My son is playing an NBA game behind me, so that's what that awful noise is. But I look at people like Noisy Gamer and uh, the Ancient Gamer Noob. And these guys, they treat E-Vegas like an actual convention. They're there with a notebook. They're on time. They sit there. They get good seats. They write notes. They're there to, like, treat it as a convention. And that is so cool. That's the part of uh, FanFest or E-Vegas that I would want to, like, engage in. Absolutely. Well, and and those play to play to that. I mean, I, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about about player meetups uh, and you know and E Vegas specifically, and they're like, they, you know, they don't drink and they don't necessarily want to. I said, look, you got to understand these things are so big that just because you see a lot of pictures of the bar or a lot of talk of the partying that goes on, there are five hundred other people doing other things that aren't that aren't that. I mean, you know, when you look at how many people went to E-Vegas versus, yes, the bar was packed every night, okay? And, yes, during the daytime, there were some people down there, you know, having a beer or two. Um, But then there were other groups off having lunch. There were other groups off having dinner. There were other groups off, you know, meeting up for, I don't know, fuck, a game of magic in the the hotel room. I mean, whatever. (laughs) Yes. I mean, when you have that many people, you're going to have a diversity of things. being. Wasn't there a party where they wore onesies? 
I, I wasn't... Yeah, that was last that was last year <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, at uh, Vegas during because it was uh, uh, during Halloween. Yeah, and and didn't um, MC like one year when they won that suite uh, played like some role play game in the suite all night long or something? Honestly, the honestly the sound of like you know that onesie party just sounds to me from the UK like a typical Friday, typical Friday or Saturday night in a university bar. Well, when they say it's a onesie honest. party, I imagine big baby outfits. Nah. But it turns out they're like furries. <laughs> yeah, it was more the furry scene. Yeah, it was like the furry scene. I thought, do I want to go to furry scene? Hell yeah, I do, but I don't have a costume. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, just you know, uh, gentlemen's really brilliant. just your revelation from that. Though, right? <laughs> yeah, when you when you get into the things like FanFest and and Eve Vegas or you know Eve Dam or Eve Down Under, because of the size of them, you're just going to have more diversity among the players that are there, and they're not all doing that. When you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you listen to people talk about Eve, right? There's an incredible amount of talking about Nullsec because it seems that the people who are involved in Nullsec or are perhaps more likely to be involved with with writing or doing shows or things like that and to the point where you would almost think that well nullsec is the entire like you know game when it's not we know that there are other people out there doing other things we just don't necessarily have their stories well we just don't necessarily have the stories of what else is going on at these things that that you know from the diverse crowd of players that that come to them yeah it, it's it's as somebody that's not from nullsec it's very unusual going to some of the meets i mean it's except you know it's like for people that are from wormholes it's like they gather together and they're in their little groups and stuff and i've gotten involved i've gotten invited to a couple of their part after parties or during parties well look look, look. the like wormhole that. the wormhole people it's all basically a cover for the secret sex parties so let's just be clear <laughs> about that but, but yeah truth. Yeah, it's like the. I mean, I when I was uh, first going to Fan Fest, and I I didn't really have any stories to tell. I wasn't involved with anybody. I just said, "Well, I mine in low sec." And once I said that, it was like, "Oh my gosh, tell me stories." Yeah, no, he's a, you're, um, an unusual player to begin with. But when you go to these things, I just cited you as somebody as an inspiration to me on many levels. But when you're at a convention, you're actually doing the convention thing, sitting there taking notes and that kind of stuff. Like, what, what's that about? I mean, you seem very studious about it. You remind me like you're in college again, which is great. I love that feeling. Well, it, it, it's like, so if, if you're a writer, you're going to want to, to write stuff and publish things. And uh, since I'm going to be there on, on, on the site, I'm going to write a blog post every day about it. And so that, that's what that's all about. And then as you're writing, you want to, you know, have something that's, you know, intelligent and that people are going to want to, read about and you might want to like give some stuff behind the background and how you feel about things on the ground even though people watching streams probably know more than i do uh but that's that's what that's all about it's like uh having having the the you know doing you know i guess putting out content on on my blog that's Mm -hmm. what that's all about so who are the other guys that do it with you there's two guys with you okay so we had we had wilhelm who's from tnt and the the ancient gaming noob, and then the other guy that was with me was um, a dire uh, necessity who writes that, for Crossing Zebras. That was him, right? Oh, yep. that's who that was. Yeah, he's yeah he's the guy. I mean, I think I spent the most time with him. And then yeah. after that, it was um, 
It was the Ancient Gaming Noob. And then um, uh, with Gabby uh, slash Emma, who uh, runs a, uh, a Wormhole Alliance. And then, you know, I you know, running into like Johnny Spunk and Minxie and a whole bunch of other people that I've met throughout the years. It's, it's really unusual for somebody that's like kind of unaffiliated to know all these people. Well, that guy, Dire Necessity is a lovely guy. He's super, super nice. Pleasant to be around. So is Minxie. Yeah. Minxie, if you're listening, come in and say hi. Did did you say NC? Minxie. Oh, yeah, Minxie. Well, when you're his help. We want to do our uh, post-NDA show uh, with Celine, Minxi, uh, Carneros, and a few other employees slash CSM members that are uh, out of their obligations for their non-disclosure agreements. So we can uh, get the dirt on uh, 2009 EVE <laughs> CCP. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that show either early in the year or uh, maybe next show. We'll see. But uh, yeah, there's... Anyway, so there's different ways to kind of enjoy uh, E Vegas. I found like Dirk, you won't find him taking notes uh, in the auditorium, right? Uh, no, that's not true. I mean, it, I definitely go to certain things that I want to hear about, and yeah, yeah, because I want to hear what the sort of you know input is that's true, and, and yeah. stuff like that, right? No, I'm not. I, I'm not the guy that's sitting there with a laptop taking taking physical notes or whatever. Yeah, but you know what? I'm selling you short as just somebody that parties super hard. Like that's definitely a part of it. But you're you're also there. No, I spend my stuff. day. Well, I mean, yeah, this past Vegas was a little bit different. You know, we were like chilling by the. You know, I, honestly, this yeah. every Vegas for me has been different. My earlier Vegases were spent much more going to kind of the sessions and things like that. But then what I realized for me is that you know something like a Vegas is about talking with other players that, especially ones that I don't talk to normally. Um, you know, and, and, and sort of hanging out, you know, so, you know, spent a lot of days, you know, you up at the cabana by the pool and it was amazing how many people, you know, would just come by and, you know, maybe they'd have a drink, maybe they wouldn't, but, you know, they were just actually outside, um, you know, which was a little bit different, um, you know, you know, but no, I mean, I think that, you know, you go to some of these things and, and you listen to what's going on, you know, especially if they're making an announcement or whatever, other people may find a player presentation to be, you know, to be completely something in the niche that they're interested in. So they go to that. Um, I think there's a good balance there, but it's not, it's not all about just Eve inside the game. Um, you know, it's not all about just socialization. It is kind of what you make of it in a way when you've got something that's a multi-day event like that. All right, can I steer us back to Christmas for a second? Oh yeah. yeah. So I want I want everybody who's listening on the Twitchness put into comments what is your traditional that you're having for Christmas dinner because everybody does something crazy. I saw someone on Twitter just is having fucking half a fish for Christmas dinner, which seems crazy. Hey, what? Was he a seal? I don't know. <laughs> so I want I want to see everything rolling in the Twitch stream of all the different foods people eat for Christmas dinner because it always is interesting. You're natural for uh, audience engagement. So why, why don't you have a show, Dunk? Because I'm hauling Moonor all the time now. <laughs> but but all you need to do to haul Moonor is drag, drop, undock, and warp to jump, warp to jump, warp to jump. Like you oh, can do there's that. all kinds of tricks, right? Well, hauling Moongo, man, that can that can get you. Uh, in trouble fast if you lose a big chunk of. You can like do a show while you're doing that, can't you? <laughs> Look at the fish head. No, then I have to listen to I have to listen to uh, my musics when I'm doing that. When I'm in my uh, little uh, what is it? What do I haul in a miasmos? 
Uh, and then you, got, then you got to have the jump freighter come in and scoop it all up because you can't dock a Rorqual at an Athenor and, you know. Oh, pigs in a blanket. Man, that reminds me of grade school. That and something called beer ox. Anybody ever eat that? Wait, what? It had beer in it. Beer ox. I think it's German. It's cabbage and ground beef inside of a inside of a dough. So no beer then. Sounds really good. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's also, really good, yeah. if, if Southern California people, it's all about tamales for uh, for Christmas. Uh, yeah, actually, I had um, tamales last night at a Christmas party, and uh, you know, again, getting older, acid indigestion until like two in the morning. So I'm really tired, having to stay up and sit up and watch TV or something. You got to start taking the stomach pill every day. That's the Join the AARP and take the stomach pill every day. <laughs> right. I sh- it's time. It's time. I, ha- I I keep thinking I'm young. It's it's not true. Bacon wrapped scallops. That sounds great. Oh yeah, it is. I could go oh, with that. Stuff bacon wrapped there. Bacon wrapped scallops with with uh, uh, with a uh, brown sugar, you know, kind of melted on it. Oh my god, so good. With brown sugar, wrapped oh, anything. Earlier this morning, we were shopping for Christmas with my wife because we had to be there at the crack of dawn to beat all the other old people. And uh, we found purple Brussels sprouts, (laughs) which I had never seen before in my life. And I'm like, what the fuck? But I guess they're the new hotness. So, Purple Brussels sprouts? What? Anyway, um, so we had an agenda that we were going to talk about. Maybe we'll still hit news. We're going to go a little bit longer than usual. It's the end of of the show time now, but we're having a good time. So we're going to go a little longer. And it is uh, Christmas, right? Christmas Eve. So... We know that this was a really terrible time for uh, anybody past UK time zone because it goes into their dinner time and all that. But we decided to do it anyway. And, and Christmas Eve seems so much bigger over in Europe than yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, it is, yeah. like Christmas Eve here, at least the way I grew up, you know, was it's like you know you were still kind of getting ready for the next day. Maybe you did a Christmas Eve dinner with some family that could come over that weren't going to be able to come over the next day, you know, because maybe they had kids and opening presents and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, but you, know you know why that is. You know why that thing. is. It's a setup. What, what it's it's like the one or two days a year where the British people get to eat good food, so they're very enthusiastic about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Not uh, wrong. I thought you would defend your people. <laughs> I no no. I am I am perfectly on the side of truth on this. Our food the rest of the year sucks. We well, wait a second. Wait a That's second. Amazing. The, the greatest British food invention is the bacon buddy, which is available all over England and is perhaps the most delicious food there is when you're hungry. Yes, and it is the perfect reason why God exists because it resurrects everybody on a Sunday after a night out drinking. But you're right. A bacon rest, buddy, a bacon buddy is basically like bread of some sort. I can't remember because I'm usually drunk. And then bacon on the inside. And then they put, I guess, a little butter. And uh, it's the most awesome food in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Killer Bee's uh, dropping by. We'll bring him in. All right, hey, I'm heading out, everyone. Have a great Christmas. Thanks, Thanks Don. Don. You too. Have a Christmas, Take Don. Care. Bye. Hey, Killer Bee. Thanks for coming by. Uh, we hey, were just up? talking about Christmas food uh, and stuff, but uh, we're, we're getting past that. I see. I see. Oh, Mr. Christmas food discussion? Darn. Yeah. What, um, High points and low points for uh, for you, Killer B, this year. High points and low points. Good question. You're actually out somewhere, right? That's why your mic is a little muted. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at my family, so I'm connected from my phone. Look at this guy. Dedication right there. Yeah. Dedication. Never stops. 
All right. Well, stew on that uh, if you want. And yeah, Elaine, I'm thinking. I wanted to ask you, uh, Elaine, you're a supporter of the show. Like, what, what made you decide to support the show? Like, what psychologically put you over? Um, well, I, the first Patreon I ever um, subscribed to was uh, Lockbox. Uh, I'm a big industrialist and a, a, a market trader. I'm not a PvP guy. Um, and uh, I loved his show, and it got me started with Patreon. And um, I had always respected your work. I think I joined your Discord before I became a Patreon. And I, you know, I'm not an evil lot, but I like to support things. So um, I do you and Fuzzy Steve and um, maybe one or two other people. And uh, I like to support the Meta Show. And sometimes it's an isk, and sometimes it's real life money. Yeah, that's great. That's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, without this sort of support the shows get, I, I, a lot of it just would not happen at the end of the day. So all support we get is great. Well, we get we get situations where, um, you know, where obviously we would do the show regardless of, uh, you know, support, uh, you know, the additional support that people kind of bring in. But... There's situations that occur, and there have been situations like this that have occurred where we've been trying to figure out where to, like, how to redistribute the podcast and, uh, you know, other things like that where we've kind of run into situations where we go, oh, well, this is actually going to literally, this is going to cost real money. This is actually going to, you know, this is, I'm going to have to actually, like, put some, you know, real life monetary effort into this. And, uh, you know, the support just helps significantly with, you know, being able to say, you know, we can do that. Let's just let's just do it. Let's go for it. Let's keep it up, you know. Well, something happened this year that was unusual. We had somebody, uh, first of all, Lange actually uh, gave us some in-game isk, which was a lot. We were really grateful for that. Uh, And then uh, we also had somebody else who joined us and... uh, uh, not joined us, but watched our show and appreciated it and just did one of those, I'm leaving you, here's my all my wealth. The thing about this guy, though, is he was really wealthy. So he he dumped a ton of isk on Dirk and I because he likes Dirk's work. He liked our work. Uh, and we're like, that's great. So what do we do with this? And part of the thing that we were thinking of, again, this is what I talked about earlier, is a donation that big just kind of went into put it into the market so that it could grow. Uh, but we we're, were thinking about different things of uh, possibly um, bringing the news into the game is more than it actually is now. Actually, Killer B was a part of these discussions, too, because we we're thinking like we we're thinking big and dramatic. So we we're like, let's put a keep star down. We'll broadcast the shows from the, uh, the keep star in a role play fashion, uh, you know, and we could even do it up that way with art if we needed to and something like that. But basically intertwine the show more into Eve and, and try to bring the news closer to the people uh, rather than having them seek us out and come to other avenues outside the game. And the reason for that is you don't want to feel like you're pulling people out of the game to get what they want when they're playing the game or in the game. Um, I also donated this to uh, Opus. Opus, are you here? I am. Yeah, um, I know he has, he, he hires writers and stuff for Eve Onion and um, Am I outing you? I don't mean to if I am. 
You're not out of me. Okay. Um, but uh, I know he has writers for Eve Onion with ISK, so I wanted him to be able to continue that. Oh, that's cool. And that has went to uh, that was that's been very uh, generous view. I've used it. I'm still using part pieces of it to pay for our writers and for our artists. Um, I very much appreciate what uh, you gave to me, donated. It's went to good use, and I hope that you like what you see on the site. You know, as a contributor, I like the meta game. Uh, you know, because I'm not a PvP guy. I've never really gotten into it. I've I've been playing since 2005. I've always been a trader, so. I like to support the people that are doing things other than PvP because that gets all the press. <laughs> that's nice, right. actually. That's pretty cool. I like it. It's good. Well, so let me know if you think that's a good idea. I think I put that out there before. It's still something I'm kicking around because in the reality, you can you can put a lot of effort and a lot of uh, money towards something that is just a good idea to you and doesn't actually do much for the people uh, that, you know, that you're trying to help. And and what what who are the people that we're trying to help? I don't know, D- Dirk. Who's your audience when you do your show? Do you uh, even think in those terms? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, yes, for open comms, it is people that kind of want to you know be in that social sort of happy hour atmosphere. I mean, that's you know. However, you know, I think what we do across kind of the board across the various shows out there is. We're trying to talk about Eve, right? You know, or, or things related to Eve players or whatever it is. Um, probably not necessarily the super hardcore veteran. Um, I think it's more the people that um, listeners tend to probably be people who who don't necessarily have the same inputs from across the way. Um, so, I mean, to some extent, it's new players, but not necessarily like new as in we're going to teach you how to play the game sort of a thing. It's more so that you understand that there's other things going on out there. Yeah, I think, you know, go ahead. Dave. Yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying on that, because when I started playing Eve, one of the first podcasts I started listening to, and we're going back sort of five years ago now, one of the first podcasts I started listening to was Lost in Eve. Mm-hmm. And it was Jade Cougar and um, that's it. And uh, I listened to them. And they'd been running for a couple of years already, like two or three years already by that point. And what I did was was essentially download every single one of the podcasts of going back all the way from the beginning and listen to every single one of them in the beginning. Because listening to podcasts and reading the meta um, helped me understand a lot about what goes on in the game, so a lot more about the mechanics, a lot about who the people are. Um, and when you're thinking about what drives Eve as a game, it's usually the meta that does it and who these people are. And without that, I, I don't think I would have done and, and certainly now I still listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I drive into work and I drive home from work and I'm always listening to podcasts because it just keeps me plugged into like lots of thoughts of opinions that are going on there. Yeah, I remember. I remember back in in '08 when I first started playing, um, doing a lot of commuting into the city on the train every day, and you know, listening to podcasts. Which at, at a time when it when I still think of it as kind of the golden age of podcasting, um, you know, and hearing about just various things that were going on out there in places I had no idea about. I mean, just nothing. And you know, it it just it really led me to kind of understand just how big this game is. 
Um, you know, even if it was somebody talking about NullSec or if it was somebody who was more of an industrialist or just somebody reporting on news, um, it, you know, in a very kind of basic way, uh, it, it opened, you know, it opened things up more. I mean, now we've got a more expanded media, I think, in terms of, you know, in terms of written articles as well mm. as blog. I mean, blogs were big back then, too, and I think they're less so perhaps today. Um, you know, but the combination of these things and then, you know, and then when, of course, you, add, you were able to add in video to it. Um, you know, it became a completely new world for being able to kind of communicate these things that people can kind of get a snapshot of. Carneros, what do you think about news and Eve? Like, it's definitely changing, but what do you, where do you think we're going and how can we actually improve it? Well, I started like uh, uh, Tiberius with Lost and Eve. And actually, I didn't find it myself. One of my friends, uh, J- John Smedley from the games industry. Oh, oh that, that little he, friend. He's the one who said, you should hear this. This is really cool. And then he was the one who said, um, you should join this corp because Jay Cougar's forming a corp. And it's actually, he's forming an alliance. It's going to be called something Lost in Eve. And it ended up being called LI3 Federation. It ended up being LI3 Federation. <laughs> and I ended up, somehow ended up as the XO. And then I ended up as the CEO when Jade had to step down. And then it merged with Gents, and that's the bastion. But so I'm, I'm a podcast child in some ways. And the so that's been woven into my NullSec experience since I left CCP and left Eve University and went into NullSec. Um, Multiplex Gaming used to also run a really, really famous podcast called Podside. Uh, I think it's it's always it might even be back online again or, or in some way, but uh, only occasionally. But Multiplex Gaming has been in the bastion or and before that li3 for like a long time so mm-hmm. there's always been people in the group who did podcasting uh and podcasting and eve media is connected in my experience uh a lot of podcasting is um is kibitzing and telling your your stories in eve and in a lot of and then discussing the news of Eve, the news of the day. And then the news things, a lot of the news channels also make a podcast version. So it all blends together in my mind. And I love it. It, it, it allows me to have a richer experience in Eve, even when I can't log in. And I'm mostly logged in, to be honest. If I'm awake, <laughs> I'm, I'm at least on Jabber and stuff and i probably have one client open somewhere watching a diplo channel if nothing else well let me ask you guys in the audience too how do we measure up compared to the golden age of podcasting like are we we missing it or are we are we the same thing for another generation in other words are, are they looking at the show saying wow this is good information good personalities I like listening to this stuff while I commute. How do we measure up to the guys that we grew up listening to in 2009, 2010? I'm a great personality. I don't this metal guy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> As someone that's actually taken Eve Media since oh the dawn of time almost of Eve Media, I think that it's a, I think it's different, but I think it's the same. I think it's what we this generation or this age of Eve Online need. I mean, it's the the amount of information we have at our fingertips is way uh, more than what we had back in the day, right? So 
you would have only one reporter, one side of the report um, of what was happening, you know, on a podcast way back even six or seven years ago. Now you have multiple angles with multiple sources that were, you know, either the cause of it or FCs or whatever. So I think we have, a, I don't say it's better, but because we have more information, we have a more complete picture and have more to talk about. Whereas uh, back, you know, even like, you know, say 10 years ago, it was all either you're basically talking about a news story that showed up on a news site or you had one account. And so I think the quality has gotten better as internets have gotten faster, Twitch, you know, uh, people have, you start having people that are kind of, uh, we'll say amateur uh, producers have come on the scene and uh, do a high quality show. So I think as the internet's evolved, gotten older, people have grown up with the internet and got more mm. tools that, we have a better quality and we may have information, but for the time, those podcasts um, and news stories were, were, you know, the best thing that we had in the game. So I don't think we're better today. It's just, we have more tools. And so it's, it's, it's more suave. Hey, I mean, a perfect example of, of that. I've got to say, and this is something I'm quite proud of because I'm kind of associated to the organization is, is what, EVNT has managed to do with the Alliance tournament like every single time. They are just so, the production level is so good, and I'm so proud of the guys that do it and the amount of effort and work they put into it. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next year. Matter all, a big reason uh, I Patreoned you to begin with was your longevity. You've been around for a long time, and um, that's important in the if I think it gives stability to the community. Thank you, man. And, 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 you know, we saved one virtual life because this guy, Holiak, says, talking in stations is literally the reason I didn't quit EVE. Like, that's a win. That's... Uh, so that's why we do it. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that there's anything necessarily better today other than kind of the different tools that can be brought to it, right? Especially on the on, on kind of the video side. Look, a podcast is a podcast, right? It's a, you know, it's a it's a recording, and that really hasn't changed all that much, except if you've got somebody who's really into editing and they like cut out a bunch of stuff and like tighten it up, right? You know, do that kind of after after recording, um, you know, you know, work, right? Um, Honestly, I would not. I would not want to go up against some of those personalities from back in the day um, that that did some of those just strictly podcasts, you know, but are no longer around. Um, I think some of them were, you know, were were really good at what it was they were doing back then. Now, mind you, a lot of that stuff back then it was it, like the information you were getting was a bit more dated. Um, you know, I, I want to say not everything was a weekly type of thing where everything they were talking about was current, but but the way they did it, um, I, you know, was was really additive to to you know, just knowing kind of like you know some background behind some of the things, yeah, or hearing right. the conversation among some hosts that really had you know you know great rapport with each other and things like that. Yeah, that's what a Yorksman said as well. Helps make the galaxy bigger. You know what's going on and stuff. But I, I look back and I collect some of these old shows just to kind of listen to them to calibrate our show to find out, like, they seem to be um, a lot more conversational. It's just two guys talking for an hour about what's going on. But they would pick, like, three or four situations and talk about those situations. But they would know about the behind the scenes of those situations. You know, and, you know, you know, and now obviously we have the, you know, you, you know, in the past few years, right, we've had, you know, Twitch come on and the live streaming of playing Eve, right, completely 
changing the ball game as far as that goes. Uh, not that necessarily sure, watching yeah. somebody mine is 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 all that exciting, right? But you know, people doing Don't things. Her. Well, you know, people doing things or ratting or 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 whatever. Right? You know, but but people doing things while talking about it live um completely added in a, you know a new dimension to things and it is more exciting and interesting than you think it is than it sounds it is well i i think back because um when we're doing the show first of all to do the show it's it's a struggle uh, it's not it's not a struggle it's easy to do it's a struggle to do it right uh, which doesn't always happen actually um, but uh, you think back at like these other guys that were doing the podcasts and how much did they struggle and how natural was it for them to, to just do what they probably did anyway, which was talk in a, in a corporation about what's going on out there. Cause that's how a lot of people get their information. They don't listen to these shows. Mm-hmm. They just talk to each other. I mean, I, I, I don't know how certainly the earlier podcasters did it and how all the earlier media people did it because even in the last couple of years, like when I was writing a lot and cultivating sources and like scouring all the research material I had, like just getting a fuller picture of everything that goes on with an Eve is a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare. There is so much going on at any one time. You just, it is impossible to keep track of. And I never ever felt while I was doing it that I ever did justice to all the various groups that were involved in it because there were so many little stories going on and I just wanted to tell them all. But you just can't because you don't know about them. And I don't know how these groups did it. And and we've got Reddit and we've got all these podcasts and we've got all these sites and everything else that do this. Well, and back then they didn't, didn't have that. And they still but maybe did. that's the problem is that everybody has read what you read on, on Reddit. Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe the problem is what we need to produce is even harder than what they needed to produce because they were exclusive and there wasn't a lot of outlets for it. So they needed to, uh, had they had they had an easier time surprising the audience with new information than we do because we have to really dig to find the truth behind things and stuff like that. Oh, and for the record, uh, FCON is not joining the Imperium. That was some fabrication. Uh, I had somebody say that was uh, a doctored picture, but it was Dunk, on Reddit. It must be true. Dunk, you have some thoughts? Well, I would like to talk about Eve and not rhetorical theory of communication of the mass transmedia. <laughs> you totally said rhetorical what? <laughs> All right, talk about Eve. All right, so the glacial drift this is critical. The glacial drift skins are released for I don't know, the Uli festival, right? I'm correct, right. huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can go do sites in which you shoot the red things and they drop supposedly, right? Right. Or you can go to the New Eden store and buy the buckets of skins for uh, not Orm anymore for Plex. Wait, what? I'm I'm right on all this so far. Keep yes. Going. Yes. yes. True. So now it appears the skins that don't drop with glacial stuff is the four socks. That the rest of all the capitals, even down to the weird pirate capitals, those skins drop. Marshall skins drop but no four sock skins drop. So the only way you can get them is to buy the bundle with Plex. And then if I do the math right, it's over the equivalent of 5 billion ISK per four sock skin. Whoa. Here we go. What? what? <laughs> Wait, what? 
CCP, you dug goofed. So, Wait, explain I like I'm fine. I so all I, so I, I just want to check if I'm doing my math right. I don't want to like you know bang my gavel without somebody else can confirm that my math is correct because my spreadsheet, you know. I'm looking at my G rule right now. My, my understanding is that the fact so that my. the Force Auxiliaries are not part of the loot table. Um, I, I think there is some sort of faction one out there that 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 may drop or whatever. Um, I know the other night when I was putting together stuff to give away on open comms, I was going to buy um, with Plex one of the one of the packages uh, of capital skins, right? Uh, and I said, you know, let me go check the market and see what these are selling for out on the market because it was going to be about five billion isk worth of Plex to be able to buy these from the from the Nest store. Um, and then I went out and looked, and all of them were on the market except for the except for the. Um, the force auxiliary and and the apostle and you could buy all of them combined for like 90 million isk that included you know the avatar that included the archon that included the aeon right um for a total of 90 million isk except for the force auxiliary where there was two buy orders up on the market for like 480 million um and i'm like what the hell is going on here whoa i'm not paying five billion isk worth of plex to buy this package something's wrong here and it's because there's these things are dropping out there. They're they're basically cheap because of that. But the Nest Store was just way off the mark. There are literally no Apostle Glacial Drift skins in. Right. So it sounds like I'm correct in my math. So all I'm yeah. going to say back to Eve is where's the Lodgy love? Like we are the most. Uh, our ships always get blown the fuck up. And uh, can we have some nice skins for less than five bill a piece? It would be nice if they were added to loot table. Oh, you're just going to blow up. Yeah. Yes, but at least you can blow up in style, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I always blow up in style, that's no doubt. But, like, the Glacial Drift skins look really, really awesome. And it would be nice that, uh, you know, we could get skins at a more reasonable price. Well, at first, when I went to go look, because I've got my settings down at low, uh, you have to have your shader settings at at least medium to be able to see that they're blue. Otherwise, they just look white. And I'm saying these look exactly like the purity of the throne skins. What the hell's going on here? And uh, they're like, oh, no, you got to move your shader settings up to at least medium to be able to see, you know, this nice blue with the kind of blue and white leopard towards the rear. It's a nice skin, well, I have to say. <laughs> Noisy Gamer will look into it. His computer mind. Uh, Noisy's done something very special as well. And he just finished about five minutes before the show. Uh, he has been doing some well actually noisy are you there do you want to tell us what you've been up to yeah um when the uh, moon goo redistribution happened i saw that as an opportunity to try to do something in low sec because the npcs had been uh stripping had been uh strip mining the uh belts that i in the systems i hang out in so instead of uh mining when you know we got all this i started um uh, pro, I started scanning moons, and I've now completed scanning all the moon, all the low sec moons in Metropolis, which is twenty three hundred or twenty two hundred something moons and uh, oh fifty one systems. <laughs> How, how's your how's your sanity after doing all of that? Uh, I've been like substitute. I've been switching between doing the, the the moon scanning and then doing project discovery and uh, looking at the exoplanets there. So if you two want to repay Noisy for his uh, 
in, insane scanning of all the moons in Metropolis and wants a map. <laughs> Send him his offers in his. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, you, you called it. Uh, I didn't doubt it. And there it is. Yeah. And um, see, because at uh, E Vegas, it's like, you know, we had all this going on. Uh, we, we heard all the, the news and everything. And I told Matterall, you know what? I think I'm going to do something. I, I didn't say role play, but I'm, I'm going to like go out and scan all the moons, all the little sec moons in uh, the Minmatar Republic. And at that time, I had counted 2,960. Uh, I miscounted by about 1,700. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought I, had, I, thought I had made enough uh, probes in order to get through everything. Uh, no, I'm still 500 short. But um, in talking about Eve, uh, in January, there's supposed to be a change to the way that uh, modules um, load when, when you cloak. Uh, right now, you have to wait until the module completes loading before you can cloak your ship. In January, as soon as you start the um, the load, then you can cloak up and it'll finish the load, which would really would which would have really come in handy over the last couple months. Yes, you just want it easy, noisy. Most definitely. This, no, this makes me happy as a like a explorer. Like a lot of time I spend doing exploring. I'm like warping place to place, loading my probes. Being able to cloak after it loads is amazing. All right. Uh, this is a, a becoming family hour on the show. So if you guys have kids you want to put in front of the camera, now is the time. <laughs> my daughter's I don't have any. I know Carlos doesn't have any. That he knows about. <laughs> that he knows about. Oh, you can't come I'm going to head on. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks, Christmas. Cheers, buddy. Yes. Have a great one. Everybody, Christmas, uh, happy solstice, or happy holidays. Oh, I like the solstice one. Drunk Canadian, welcome. Uh, Hi. How you doing, buddy? Well, enjoying my Sunday. That's right. It's uh, Again, it's probably dinner time for a lot of uh, everybody past UK over there, so they couldn't make it. Uh, it's like almost to, church time here. Some of our people. Yeah, for us, it's uh, you're on the West Coast, right? Uh, yeah, East Coast. Oh, two hours though. My wife goes early. No, I I forgot you're from the Toronto area. Yes, yeah, same uh, same time though. Oh, that's right. A little bit further north. I got you. I love that. I like that town. I like Canadians in general. Just so you know, so it's on, so it's out there. Just so everybody knows. Just so everybody knows, I like Canadians. (laughs) They're like civilized Americans. Ish. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i heard it's all under the surface there but who knows? it really is like i've I, I i always had this like assumption that canadians were very chilled <laughs> until like yeah i heard some stories about canadians going completely mental on other canadians well, they are except the funniest thing is i was at a, a halloween parade it was in toronto and uh no no yeah it was in toronto and there was a bunch of people in costume in this this angry elf is walking by smoking, and he's like, "What did he say? I don't, I don't remember what he said." So it won't be as funny. off hosers. No, he totally had like leotards, and he had pointy ears, and he was smoking. He's like, "Fucking hell, yay!" or something like that. It was like <laughs> the friendliest angry elf I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, <laughs> "Was he angry or drunk?" He was angry. He's on the phone or something, and as he's walking by at a brisk pace, but 
he still sounds on his way to his elf job. He probably was angry. <laughs> totally right. I think Santa you know, just laid him off or something. But he was like, he was polite, and it was just. I was like, yeah, I'm in Canada because even the elves are angry, are like angry but nice. Like they're not non-offensive angry. So, so many places <laughs> for doing the angry but also super polite to you. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You angry but polite is is an interesting combination. Well, all right, let's run through some quick news, um, wrap up the show. What do you guys think? Sounds good. I mean, I'd love the to top of the hour. Three hours and let it be casual. I got to run though, but uh, so we'll just wrap it up and then uh, you guys can talk in Discord after the show. But we did have some notes. We didn't follow any of them, so I'll jump <laughs> over there now. And uh, very, yeah, very just... unusual for us. <laughs> well, in, in important, very important news: Moon yeah. ore still way too big to carry inside of freighters. You mean, or to carry anywhere? It's too big. Uh all right, well, we have... Um, See, Madderall doesn't care, because he's super... He's, like, space-rich, so he doesn't care he's about the struggle. <laughs> he doesn't care about the struggle. I'm a space You're talking whore. about just the raw, the raw or, like, pre... Sorry, Doug, I'm with you. He, he, has, his you he, he has his minions I, to deal with the carrying of, you know, lesser his materials. <laughs> Go ahead, Carneros. I see you wanting to talk. No! Uh, you guys... <laughs> Look, Madderall's in here talking about which, how many keep stars should he buy, and the rest no, of no, us. No. We're I struggling. Was, we're actually, struggling with hauling Muno around, and he's like, mm, two or three keep stars. I don't know. <laughs> Confession here. <laughs> At the same time I'm doing this show, I'm running an incursion. Uh, <laughs> I need this too. Uh, I'm not taking it out of my alliance. That would be bad form. Well, we should pay people for showing up. Um, no, I oh, that reminds me. Is it about time for my uh, annual bonus from you or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we didn't get the Christmas turkey this year. Yeah, I uh, I'm not wealthy in the game. I am like the uh, holder of a trust fund kind of thing, and that's what that's how that works. So I don't really consider it mine. Um, okay, so CCP had a dev video. We'll talk about your bonus later, Tiberius. Uh, nice quick weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, all you guys, all the regulars. Um, CCP a dev video. They have a gift competition. Okay, uh, faction war. They they plug their faction war uh, operating bases. Or sorry, forward operating bases. Every time I see FW, I get it wrong. Uh, and that is, I thought that was pretty cool. They had a little guy acting, acting. He was play acting. Uh, I know people were like didn't love it, but I thought it was pretty cool. And then the uh, the journal is the the journal is being gotten rid of. Sorry, no, that's being updated. The journal's being updated. The uh, place that you look for agents is being eliminated, and it's folding into the agency uh, window, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, the tears that, are that's so horrible. That is such a horrible thing. <laughs> what do you the think? The tears are amazing. I, I mean, okay, so okay, so this affects my blogging, okay, because I've I've used the agent finder to write blog posts about, you know, where you can find stuff. You, the um, With the um, agent finder, you can only get a maximum of 12 agents in your query. And like sometimes just like 30 or there's 20. And so you're not going to find all the agents by using the stupid agent finder inside the agency. Yeah. Well, that's bad for um, anybody who's doing planning. Like where do I want to move my operating oh. base to? Yeah, like, let me find more than 12 results and let me close the map and I'll be much better off with it. But right now it just clutters the screen and doesn't give me what I need. Mm, okay. 
Uh, the, okay. So, yeah. Oh, the other thing is, is yeah. that with the API going, I uh, going away. I don't know how long, much longer Kriba's Eve agent site is going to be up. So if we lose that Ooh. plus this, yeah, that's really bad. What yeah. are we trying to do here? Trying to get rid of an old uh, an old code and kind of roll it into their new thing. I mean, it's, look, it sounds like something that's fixable within their new you know within their new agency setup right um but yeah but this is obviously something where where uh, you know contact your local csm it just sounds oh, like yeah, they're but... trying to modernize like they're trying to get rid of an old system that's outdated and bring in a new system that has more bells and whistles i mean like the thing is though even one of the devs turned around and went yeah you can't close the map no sort of oh we'll take a look at making the ability it was just a nope map staying Hmm. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say that that is the you know be all and end all for that. Like there was there was a long time there was a there was a long period of time where you know devs were basically saying no there was there is no way no chance in any way shape or form that we would have bookmarks in space, and we've got bookmarks in space. So you know, mm-hmm. never say never. All right. So, what's coming up in January? Is that is that what's coming up in January, or is that in the game already? That's coming up in January, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of the uh, changes coming in January. They're going to be enhancing um, uh, the agency and removing things out of it, probably to try to improve performance. But I hear that it really doesn't improve performance so much. Are right, we joined by Lilic E? I think works for uh, uh, Opus and does the. Uh, What's that called? The boop boop. Um, Ivan I'm failing. Thank you. I'm failing on on the air. <laughs> Ivan right. You did get it right. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, weekly update um, by Reload. It's a new video, I guess, that he's doing. It's pretty cool. Uh, he sits there and with a really nice production value, tells you uh, from his point of view some of the news that he's uh, run into. So look out for that. Pot and Planet announced their winners. Uh, didn't you win last year, Tiberius, or you were runner-up? The year before. I, I got third place the year before last. Yeah, so this is the second year that I haven't entered, but yeah. Uh, this is, this is a great competition. Like, if, if, if you're a bit of a writer person and you like writing a bit of fiction, um, it's a great competition. They gave away 55 billion ish worth in prizes this year, which is huge. Especially considering that all the, the, like, up until recently, the biggest backers have always been, like, Eve Bet and things like that. Yeah, um, it's in the age without uh, casinos. That's great. Yeah. And um, it's, it's one of the big competitions that have carried on running. And you know what? The work, the, the, the fiction that's in it is amazing. It is so, so good. And one of the judges that reoccurs quite often is CCP Falcon. Um, and he is essentially the law master of Eve at the moment. Um, he's the guy that does all the in-game news and does all the big events. So if he's voting on it and saying it's pretty good, you know the law is uh, pretty much spot on. <laughs> nice. What's but it's great. This competition? What was that? Right. And so, what was the name of this competition? Pod and Planet. That's cool. It's been running for years now, and there's been many, many stories. You can go to, uh, if you Google Pod and Planet, 
uh, you'll go straight to the site and you'll be able to go back and look through all the historical submissions um, on the competition, all the fiction that's been written by EVE players. And it's, it's, a lot of it is really good. I will point out that the winner, the grand prize winner of this year's competition isn't Brave Player. Javik uh, wrote a good story. So good boy. Go, go, go read his fiction. It's pretty good. Awesome. All right, and the last thing we have is um, earlier in the year at EVE Vegas, we did the Continuum of War, and we had some interviews. Uh, I interviewed uh, people for hours uh, before I prepared this uh, presentation that went on at EVE Vegas. And so look out for that on YouTube, the Continuum of War, EVE Vegas. If you haven't seen it already, it's a roundup of the last five years, pretty much, of wars. And I want to release uh, over this break some of the uh, source interviews uh, so you can hear it in the words of the FCs themselves. Uh, and some good stuff in there. But I just have to edit out stuff that they want to keep private. Uh, and, and so that's all we have today. Do you want to, anyone have any last thoughts before we go? I might have some Eve meets in it. There's really only two one in Antarctica and one in Scotland, I think. Um. Oh, yes, of course, because um, uh, EVE Glasgow have their post-Christmas meet on a regular basis. Then there's EVE Antarctica, which is still great. <laughs> you know? So EVE Glasgow, 28th of December uh, at the Hillhead Book Club, where they have been for the last sort of uh, few years. Um, make sure you check them out. EVE Antarctica, if you're one of the 3,000 people that live down there, go check that out. Um, but then we get into January, uh, and of course it's like Aussie, Aussie zone now because it's essentially their summer. Uh, and we got the Adelaide Adelaide player meetup on the sixth of January at the Cooper's Ale House, which looks like a fantastic venue as well. The uh, Charlotte, North Carolina monthly eve meet uh, in the US. Um, that's at the VBGB Beer Hall and Garden Restaurant. Uh, that's on the 20th of Jan. And then Melbourne also has a meetup at the GG, GG Easy. <laughs> I love that name. Esports Bar um, on the 20th of Jan too. So uh, if you're in that part of the world, go check them out. All right. Thanks for that. Well, uh, that wraps up the show this week. I'd love to stay, but we have to roll right into Christmas Eve uh, activities with the family like everybody else does. Uh, and we will see you next week when we have the Eve uh, 2017 wrap-up show. We talk about what happened during uh, the last year, go over some events, see some old clips, that kind of thing. Uh, I want to thank all you guys for stopping into our little Christmas party. I want to show my sweater one more time because... It's awesome. 3D cats, I think, jumping off this thing. It was a gag gift at a party that my son won. Uh, <laughs> and thank you guys for uh, donating and being a part of the uh, Discord and for helping the show with your support, financial or in-game uh, ISK. And I want to thank everybody that showed up on our shows in the past year and especially the panel here that comes every week, Carneros, Tiberius, uh Dirk and uh, the list goes on. Noisy Gamers joined us. And you guys are awesome. And you guys are talking in stations. We're very holiday centric here, aren't we? I mean, there's, you know, what about all those people out there that don't celebrate Christmas that are wondering, you know, why can't I listen to a show of other people who don't celebrate that day? Yeah, I like the solstice thing. But that was pretty cool. Also, also remember for the Russians, Christmas is January 6th, the Epiphany. So to yeah. all our Russian bros and broettes, 
Um, yeah. Sorry, we're having it early. On the but yeah, happy epiphany. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank and, you guys. And if you're in Japan, enjoy your uh, Christmas KFC. <laughs> and thank you, people who have been watching this show uh, week in, week out. We appreciate the live audience. It helps us uh, get feedback immediately. And thank you to podcast listeners that uh, listen, you know, while they're driving and stuff like that. Thanks to everybody involved with Talking In Stations. Uh, we've had a great year. Okay, that's it for this week. We will see you next week on Talking In Stations.